0: Hello and welcome to the Katie Helper Show. Please rate and review the show on iTunes. Also become Patreon supporters at patreon.com slash the Katie Helper Show. Again, that's patreon.com slash the Katie Helper Show. For $1 a month, you get to support this pretty good show if I do say so myself. For $5 a month, you get Patreon-only content. On today's episode, I speak to Kasim Rashid, who is running for Congress in Virginia's First District. My co-host on this episode is Jack Allison, who really saves the day, as you'll see, when some tech issues arise on my end. This is a live stream, but it gives it some great live energy. Jack is the co-host of the Jack AM Twitch show and the co-host of the Struggle Session podcast, which he co-hosts with Leslie Lee. Now, speaking of Leslie and Jack and Struggle Session, the Katie Hopper Show and Struggle Session podcasts are teaming up for a live Zoom show at Littlefields or really on Littlefields website. That's on Thursday, September 10th at 7 p.m. and our guests include trevor Bilieu from the champagne sharks podcast and tom sexton from the chill workers party podcast to get your tickets go to littlefieldnyc.com that's littlefieldnyc.com and the patreon only episode for this week is a chat with jack and leslie during which we discuss how stupid it is for the biden campaign to tout the endorsement of the manslaughterer and flint michigan water poisoner rick snyder as well as the media's kind of ridiculous coverage of trump's comments on the military and we remind you why john mccain still sucks hello everyone and we are live hello and welcome to the katie Helper show we got two guests joining us tonight um but of course if it's a sunday night probably gonna see with me right here none other than jack allison
1: Hi there. Thanks for having me again, Katie. Always uh always glad to be here every yeah. Sunday. I love it.
0: It's great. It's great times. Yeah. And uh we're really excited. We have two guests coming up. And we have two guests, not one, two. I've I've really emphasized that. Okay. First we got old friend of the show. I'm very excited about him too. Not quite as excited. I mean, no, you know what? Why am I, why am I throwing Leslie under the bus? <laughs> Our second guest on tonight's show is the wonderful
1: We're always enigmatic, just excited. Yeah
0: exciting
1: mm-hmm.
0: revolutionizing podcaster and writer pop culture critic Leslie Lee. You yeah, may know him exciting. from Struggle Session, which he I, hosts
1: with I know him. This that, guy. Certainly. Yeah. Yep.
0: Yeah. And uh then we but before that we're going to be talking to Kasim Rashid, who is running for Congress in Virginia. Very exciting. And he's also been um uh featured in a very interesting I don't know like a a. And non fictional PSA, I would say about huh. hate and tolerance. And we'll get to that shortly. Oh. But y- yeah. Uh, both lots-
1: Virginia, Virginia guys tonight, Leslie and. Uh, oh my Christine. gosh.
0: I forgot yeah. about that. Yeah. I didn't even think of that. They're both so worldly. I didn't even yeah. remember that part. Yeah, you're right. They are both two Virginians, Virginia. Virginians, Virginia.
1: Virginians. Yeah. Virginians. 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 <laughs> Not virgins, not virgins. Oh no, know. no,
0: no, no! I have no idea. No, 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 no! I have no idea. Yeah. Who um, knows? knows? Don't want to be presumptuous. But yeah, he is running um, as a progressive, and he is running uh, for Virginia's, I believe, first district. I never. I'm so always so bad with the districts. I,
1: I, I, I live in Los Angeles. I don't know the districts of Virginia. I will cop that I don't know what the districts are in Virginia. Uh, uh, I'll admit that. Oh no, I think I think I think Katie froze everybody. I think that this is just just me now. And I'm and I'm not an expert on the 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 districts in Virginia or anything. Oh, this is a okay, disaster. Here. Oh, here. there we go. All there right. we go. Make sure that are. you
0: go in case something happens, Jack, though. So <laughs> make sure you have this. Uh you gotta get um I um, was still up,
1: I think. I think I, I was up I know, but if something
0: happens to me, Rashid for VA. Okay. If anything happens, <laughs> Rashid that's, for VA. That's our lifeline. Yeah. Yeah. Um but he is the it, it was I don't know. If, I don't know if I went out before or after I said this, but I was very excited to see that I was indeed correct. F- First District guy. Wow.
1: Wow. District so one. You, you knew the district
0: here. I, I was, knew it.
1: You were frozen and I was just telling them about how I don't know the districts
0: and I do know them, but and I was found it. Well, let's just bring him in. This is great. He is again. He's he's really a renaissance man. He is a the author of three books. He is a lawyer. He is running for Congress. And he's also according to his Twitter bio a dad joke maven, so we're definitely going to ask him a little bit about that. Okay, sure. Um Kasim Rashid, hey, welcome. How are
2: you doing? Good, you? Good. Good. It's Been a long day. It's been a long day, but I'm glad yeah. to be here.
0: Yeah. Well, yeah, this is going? um Jack Allison, my co-host. I'm Jack.
2: Nice to meet you. Good, morning, Jack.
0: And Good. I've heard I've heard your name pronounced both ways, so I just want to. It's is it? It's Kasim.
2: You got it. yeah. It's like awesome. With okay, button. awesome
0: Kasim, great, yeah. <laughs> and then the last name.
2: Rashid, perfect.
0: Like, yeah. Rashid, okay, yes. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. All right, yeah. awesome. Yeah. yeah. Um, do a lot of people do the the? I feel like a lot of people overcompensate, and they always think it's like.
2: <laughs> Kasim. No, you know, it's you know, Kasim, some people name Kasim, pronounce it Kasim. They're wrong, but they ruin it for the rest una- <laughs> of it.
0: You know,
2: like, uh, we gotta we gotta clean up their mess, which is yeah. I guess, like, part of my life now. So yeah, right, right.
1: Running for a, Congress about raising a ra- raising awareness about cost yes. uh, yeah, raising cost
2: awareness. One of my core like, yeah. policy platforms, actually. So.
0: It's 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 taking on phobia. <laughs>
2: yes. Yeah, yes, thank this you. Real. Mean for the first time in my life. I know, yeah. This is, we're
0: centering, we're centering um, uh, correct syllable, correct uh, pronunciation. Um, thank you so much for coming on to the show. Um, I, I thought that maybe it would be a, a cool thing to start off by showing um, a really inspiring video uh, about you and your life and something pretty cool that happened. I think you probably know what I'm talking about. Um, is there anything you yeah. want to say to set it up before I play it?
2: Are you talking about the uh, the healing
0: the the political divide with compassion?
2: Sure. Yeah. You know, I I think this is uh, this blew up uh, in completely unexpected ways, and I think one of the points I try to make to uh, not just voters but just people in general is um, you you know we got to lead with compassion and empathy. There's so much hatred and you know division out there, and that doesn't mean you compromise your core values of of who you are as a person. But but I think there's always opportunity to try to extend that olive branch as best you can and and sometimes people notice sometimes they don't but you you mentioned collateral education that the whole point is to try to create more opportunity for people to just you know work together and you know no one's going to get out of here alive anyway so just just be nice to each other in the meantime
0: Mm -hmm. yeah might as well enjoy the the ride until the planet blows up Yeah. (laughs) yeah um all right so let us watch this really cool video this is like something that they would write about in like West Wing or something, but it's true. Um, I think I actually don't watch West Wing. But
1: oh, did I think Katie may maybe froze again, uh, uh I think uh, yes. Look at right. We we lost Katie, so uh, uh, we don't have this video just yet. Uh oh, that was uh, uh, almost uh, too perfect. Actually, she went to go play the video and then froze on it uh uh so you're stuck with me for the meantime oh there we are there we are there we are and
0: if that happens again i'm going to move I'm i didn't even
1: realize up. i didn't even realize for for a little bit there uh, wow uh, it must be
0: very memorable <laughs> well presence. you went to go start to play the video it's and true it's true, we were yeah. waiting
1: to play the video and it was just yeah.
0: <laughs> all right, all right okay let's go ready can you guys hear no that No denying it yeah It's yep. ugly in this country the question is how can we change that steve hartman may have found an answer on tonight's On the Road. When
3: you're Muslim and running for U.S. Congress, as Qasem Rashid is in Virginia's first, you expect
2: vitriol. Just some of the most grotesque things that you could ever say to anybody.
3: Here's the latest. We do not need your ilk in our nation.
1: Oh, no. Now I think we are frozen again on the video here. Katie, we'll have, to wait, we'll have to wait till Katie comes back, I think, and maybe uh, uh, go see this on uh, uh, another. Actually, you know, I might be able to do this. Where where do you have this uh, this video? It's on, video? YouTube. Yeah, it's, it's it's on, on YouTube? YouTube?
2: Yep, yep. It's on
3: CBS Evening News. My hand.
1: Okay, hold on.
3: Oh, there we go. When Qasim looked at this guy's old Facebook posts, he found lots of offensive comments. But he also learned he had crushing medical debt to the point where he even set oh, up wow. a GoFundMe account.
1: Katie, we keep we keep kind of freezing Cosmos out he with you knew how he had to respond
3: he puts no to his four hundred thousand followers my faith teaches me to serve all humanity so I've donated 55 dollars to his goFundMe please donate wow. if you can and people did paying off every penny of his debt more than 20- wow no, uh, uh, no
1: what in the heck have I done? Even through he the buffering, you to, can
2: tell how good the story it is. Absolutely, there's nothing to forgive. Uh, you're, you're my brother in humanity. And then he asked me to come visit him.
3: Qasim obliged. And this week, they saw each other again at a local coffee shop. How are you, my brother? Debating just, issues. Just, an undocumented or... immigrant. Can we say illegal? No. And dispelling <laughs> misconceptions.
2: No, what, what's nothing wrong with dogs in Islam?
3: Really?
2: No. Oh, okay.
3: Oz <laughs> says he learned a lot from Qasim. But that doesn't necessarily mean you're
2: going to vote for it. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) You know what? That's not what it's all about. And the first thing I said to him was, I'm not doing this for any favor. And he responded, that's fine, but I need you to put your yard signs for your campaign in in my lawn
3: so everyone can see it. (laughs) Today, that sign went up. We need to return to civility now more than ever. If we can do that, then
2: our prayers will be blessed, and our actions will be blessed, and our lives and children will be blessed. Amen to that.
3: Steve Hart. Amen. On the road, in Stafford, Virginia. That's great. Yeah, yeah pretty more good, than
0: right? Is right. Pretty cool, right? Yeah. Yeah. So um, that was a uh, really inspiring. And uh, are you still in touch with that gentleman?
2: Uh, yeah, off and on, absolutely. I mean, he's he's the neighbor, he's a constituent, so
0: yeah. Yeah.
2: Uh, you know, look. I I, I think you know you, you never know what struggle people are going through. And you know, for me, this was really about uh, the fact. I think healthcare is a human right, and I think we need mm-hmm. to have a single paramedic care for all system. And the fact that 550,000 people go bankrupt every year because they commit the crime of getting sick is just an abomination. And whatever little thing I could do to help support one individual, I think is a step in the right direction.
0: Yeah. Um, And can you tell uh, listeners and viewers about your own biography, um, how you came to this country, how you came to become the um, activist that you are?
2: Absolutely. You know, I I am an immigrant to this country, like many Americans, if you go far back enough, unless you're uh, indigenous. And, uh, you know, we left Pakistan in significant part escaping religious persecution. I was four years old when we got here, the age of our youngest daughter now, (laughs) Hannah. And our parents, our teachers, for them, being a wallflower wasn't an option. It was about being involved and and engaged. One thing they ingrained in us was this element of service to humanity. It was just constant, right? right? If you're not spending your time serving others, you're wasting your life. This was kind of an ongoing mantra. Uh, But despite that, you know, we struggled. When my brother was uh, enlisted in the U.S. Marines, we were a military family. um, And like one in five military families in Virginia today, we were on food stamps. Uh, living in Section 8 housing, and, uh, you know, I was working since I was 15 years old to, to make sure we get by. Um, out of that struggle, a lot of good has come. All three of my siblings are successful in the business world. My wife, Aisha, uh, pushed me and got me into law school over at the University of Richmond. Great program, Go Spiders, if anybody's listening who's a spider. Uh, you know, fun fact, I'm, I just have to share this. We're the only school in the country that has spiders as a mascot, and I just, I just own that and run with it. Wow, so.
1: wow. that's great, yeah. Yeah, um, I mean, I, I mean, I, I can't imagine it would be that popular. But being the yeah. only one is is still pretty good. Oh, well,
2: you know, an excuse to dress up as Spider Man and be like, a, <laughs> a, yeah, a pirate, right. The um,
0: only willing to touch it. Yeah. <laughs> to go there, yeah.
2: Um, and 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 so I, in law schools, where I really kind of dove into human rights work. Um, it's, it's, there's a, a couple of you know poverty law centers I started working at on domestic violence issues, uh, prison chaplaincy work, um, working with uh, nonprofits on healthcare and education for children from lower income communities. And and the two things I learned doing all that work, one is just how across the board, these issues of domestic violence and mental illness and Mm -hmm. addiction uh, and poverty impact all of us, regardless of political affiliation. So it makes sense to work together. And then the second part of it is just how many of these structures that we rely on are either just inherently unjust or fundamentally broken at their core. And for me, running for office is really about transforming my advocacy as a human rights lawyer into policy. I've been in the trenches, I'm in the trenches now, working with these communities who are struggling and suffering. And it's a matter of of just shifting these policies. So we're not beholden to corporate interests and, and billionaires, but to working families and small businesses. That's that's really what this is all about. And so far so good.
0: I want to ask you more about actually your legal work because I'm really curious about it. Um yeah. and the human rights work that you did. But I also want to ask
1: Maybe, maybe we'll find out sometime soon what else she wanted to ask. <laughs> what, what, what suspense?
0: I'm going to bring my laptop into this other place. Okay. So, um, let me actually, I think I can probably do it from my phone. Hold on, let me try something. Wow. So, while I'm doing it, let me just try the one thing. I the know, future. right? Watch how cool this is going to be. Wow. Can everyone, can you guys, this if is possible, like 24. do you guys have a, um, like, a, your iphones or something or jack you probably have a setup i could just record your your audio just in case something happens but this yeah. should be uh you want me to re- soon.
1: sure i can yeah. i can record on my great. end as well
0: great awesome oh i should have had you record all of us jack next time you're just gonna out- do all of it you should you're like a, <laughs> a streaming master you jack, want me to re- re- you
1: want me to record i can i can record everyone uh, yeah. uh, uh on my end awesome. here Sure, I yeah. can do that here. Can
0: you just host the show? Just go crazy. Just host the show. <laughs> <Stick> <laughs> <on your back. laughs> well,
1: you know, uh, uh, so uh, you know, what what is you know what 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 is the sort of biggest thing? You know, you're t- you talked talking about Medicare for all, but what is the biggest thing there that you you're running go. on wow, for you know the first district
2: there in Virginia? Ironically, broadband which would be really helpful right now on this call, apparently. <laughs>
1: Seriously. <laughs> That's
0: exactly, look, this was Katie's all here, She's here to help. She's here to help. <laughs> you guys want a collateral <laughs> education? You want a collateral education? Well, you got
2: it. Uh, <laughs> uh, just, uh, the broadband is huge. And, and I mean, at this point, it's kind of a joke that in 2020, we still don't have broadband access. I think Microsoft a yeah. study that 151 million Americans, half the country, doesn't have broadband. Wow. Uh, we're 25th in the world in broadband internet access. It's just a complete disgrace. And it really comes down to this really just foolish philosophy that if we just give billionaire corporations billions more, then finally this time, they'll do the right thing. And mm-hmm. you know, it happened zero times in history, but you know, maybe it'll happen this time. So it's just a nonsensical approach to it. And our whole philosophy is, this needs to be a utility it's a necessity to yeah. to go for education for healthcare for business for farmers and and you know sinking money into corporations who are only interested in their personal profit and i want to emphasize that doesn't make them bad right i mean that's why businesses exist to make money but right. you know let them make money on on like a widget or something innovative <laughs> not on a basic utility <laughs> we need to live. right right right, right. Um, especially now, you know, this year, like
1: more than, you know, any other recent year has like highlighted how much we like really need broadband everywhere. I mean, like, that's like how school is basically
2: happening now at this point. I mean, we've got two kids who are school age and fortunately we have uh, broadband here. And so they're able to kind of navigate, but you know, a lot of their friends are in parts of the uh, district or County that doesn't have broadband. I mean, we've got kids literally sitting wow. In McDonald's parking lots, trying to get their Wi-Fi. It's Jesus. Such
1: a yeah, that really is. That really is. That really. That's a disgrace. That really is. For us to be the richest country in the world, and people have to go sit in the parking lot at the McDonald's yeah. uh, is just yeah. a disgrace. So
0: um, I'm gonna. Can you guys hear me? Am I am I yeah. there? Okay. Roger, yeah. You're, you guys are both really good at this stuff. I'm gonna give you my speed test results and tell me if it's a hopeless cause. Okay. So my Please. ping. Yeah. My ping is twenty nine ms. That's pretty My good. Download is
1: eight point eight
0: three Mbps. Yes, yeah, and upload. No, that's not very good. That's not very good. And upload is thirteen point four two Mbps. Yeah, that's not terrible. All right, so we think I should try. <laughs> keep going.
2: I mean, I, I'm in the I'm in the hundreds. So just to kind of put it in perspective for you, I yeah. know. Yeah. yeah.
0: Um, it's a, not the newest computer because I'm on my mom's laptop because I broke mine. I still have to call Apple care anyway. So let's try it. And if I freeze once more, I'm out in the other area. Okay. That's fine. Gonna, uh, yeah. It, it seems right. like
1: for the last couple of minutes, it's been okay. All right. Cool. Yeah.
0: So I wanted to know about the, um, your particular faith, um, because it seems like perhaps there's a connection between that and the human rights work that you do.
2: Yeah, it's the best faith out there. I mean, I, I can't say enough good things about it. Um, look, uh, you know, I, I, I'm, an, I'm, an, I'm a Muslim, and contrary to what a lot of the misperceptions are out there, you know, a Muslim really has two fundamental responsibilities. Um, the first one is to serve all humanity uh, without discrimination, without exception. And the second one is, is to serve God. And And you can't serve God unless you first serve all humanity. So there's this whole notion that if your neighbor is starving, and you're this holier-than-thou guy who's praying, you know, day and night, those prayers are basically worthless. They're meaningless. They're, in fact, offensive and, and, and contrary to your entire purpose of existence because your neighbor is starving. And so this was really um, something that our parents ingrained in us, you know, from the very beginning. And it's not just a matter of, you know, saying I'm here to serve humanity by, you know, feeding the poor or, you know, you know healing the sick it's about sharing in the joys of others as well. And so like around, you know, New Year's and Christmas time, uh, my dad and I didn't like doing it at the time because I was a kid and I wanted to go play and not do stuff <laughs> like what you made us do. But, you know, we would go to all of our neighbors and deliver boxes of chocolate. And, you know, when you're a 10-year-old kid, delivering chocolate that you should very well be eating yourself it's a tough thing. <laughs> yeah. But, but, you know, but it, it was this idea of, of sharing in the joy of others and and making sure you're looking out for the best interests of others to the point where you're just kind of consumed by what can I do to support those uh, around me? And, and I, you know, we're trying to raise our kids the same way and really emphasize this element of service to humanity um, without any kind of discrimination. And I can go into like the deeper philosophies of all of it. But but really, the principle is no matter how people treat you you got to uphold justice and compassion above all else. And and that philosophy has served me really well. And it's, it's mm-hmm. one I hope to, to continue to build upon.
1: It feels like that was like uh, exemplified in that, uh, um, you know, the the news piece we saw even uh, uh, of just this guy is being horrible to you. You know, I thought I I think it's such an important point, you know, what you said in that piece, uh, which is that it's not just about like getting someone's vote. It's like actually about like, you know, connecting with people and maybe helping to like educate them. Like, you know, you feel like I, I feel like, you know. Uh, uh, that that's so much more of like a holistic and sort of healthy way to look at you know uh, yeah. uh, uh, the other in America, you know?
2: yeah, no it it, it really is and it, and I think that you know so you know uh, Katie Kate mentioned um, uh, collateral education a, a bunch of times. and for those wondering what that term is, it's a mm-hmm. it's a term that i've I've been using for a while that says that um you know, like let's say Jack, I mean you would never do this, Jack, but you know let's say you were a jerk to me about something. Um, I can be a jerk. I have been in the past. I don't know. you're a pretty cool guy right now, but, uh, <laughs> no, but let's say you were right. Let's say let's say you don't like people who have sure. uh, blue tooth on, like I'm wearing right now, and you're jerking mm-hmm. me about it. Um, so th- the whole collateral education philosophy is that it, when I respond to you, um, it should be with compassion, not because I think that you will necessarily change your mind. But there's people watching. There's people observing, right. and they see the response, and they might say, "You know what? That's something new. I didn't know. That gives me uh, insight on how to address this in the future." And so, even in this story with this with this gentleman who you know sent me something Islamophobic, and I responded, um, I got countless messages from uh, Trump supporters saying, uh, "You know, I I had you pegged all wrong. I had no idea that your mm-hmm. faith calls you to serve those." Um, even of of a different faith, and and I'm I'm a better person for it, and for me that's the most meaningful response I could ever hope yeah. for. That somebody sees something that you know we do, and they feel like like they've improved from it.
1: It really does. And, you know, uh, you know, I feel like if I'm going to sort of widen this out to the sort of larger political thing, it's like, you know, this I feel like this idea of sort of irredeemables is so misguided. You know, this idea, you know, that we something that we saw with the Hillary Clinton campaign in 2016 and, you know, these campaigns kind of end up being run from like, you know, D.C. or New York and stuff like that. And, you know, there is this i even see it with the biden campaign now like you'll see people kind of make the argument that it's like that they're like well if they don't know that they're voting for biden then they're stupid and i'm like well you know we should probably still try to talk to these people you know what i mean like we all are
2: still in the country together you know yeah and look it's it's it can be difficult right i mean i I get i get death threats right i I had to testify in federal court last december against a man who wanted to kill me for my faith i mean he. He, he, he was convicted of trying to kill me or threatening wow. to kill me for my faith. So I, you know, Jesus. it's not always, you know, uh, roses and, and, and flower petals, right. But whatever is, yeah. is, I'm not, I'm not a poet. Um, but you know, it, 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 it can be difficult. And, and yeah. I think for some who are just tired of having to explain and having to answer all the time, I empathize with them and I can't yeah. knock them for it. Um, I, I just know that in my experience. Um, I would rather just err on the side of compassion and recognize that for those who are just tired of it, um, I honestly can't knock them either because everyone's at a different place. You got to meet people where they are. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, but, you know, it is, uh, uh, it still is impressive to see, you know, uh, uh, you know the, uh, to, to be able, and it, it does feel like you can sort of get more growth maybe out of people and stuff like that. There we are, Katie in a whole different room now. There we are. Hi, Katie's hi. back. Different honestly,
0: this was a test because i'm jewish yeah jack isn't and i wanted to play it up a little bit and i wanted to test can you guys hear me yeah i can I hear you yeah. yeah. i wanted to test how much you know i basically wanted to play a game it's like musical chairs but with faith <laughs> <laughs> so it, this is called tag out this is yeah. called Jew tag.
1: I was kind of raised without faith. And so I, I'm we'll kind I of try. here just just marveling and being like, hey, faith, this seems like it's kind of interesting. Why not?
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So but uh, did you talk? I heard a little bit about what you I heard the the end of what you guys were saying, um, wanted to get back into that, but also wanted to know, um, did you mention the particular like genre of Islam that you're
2: a part of? Oh, no, that, that, that I belong to the Ahmadiyya Muslim community? Yeah. No, I haven't mentioned that.
0: Could you talk um, about that because it's
2: fascinating. Yeah, I'd love to. I'd love to. So the Ahmadiyya Muslim community is a revivalist movement uh, within Islam. It was founded in 1889 by a man named Mirza Ghulam Ahmad, And the real single theological difference is that we believe that he was the awaited Messiah sent to revive faith with with peace and compassion, uh, we you know abhor and reject any form of religious violence. Um, and through our uh, our our community's hundred and thirty you know thirty one year history now, we we've, we've peacefully through education and through humanitarian work spread to uh, every country in the world. And we've never engaged, nor will we ever engage in any kind of religious violence whatsoever. It's just not in our. Uh, um, repertoire I mean it's not something we've ever done because it's contrary to what faith actually teaches. Uh, because of this dogmatic belief in this person, Mirza, Ghulam Ahmad, we face pretty vicious persecution in countries like Pakistan. Um, we, we can't vote, we can't uh, hold political <coughs> office, we can't serve in the military, we can't uh, get you know equal education access, healthcare care access, um, employment access. it's basically apartheid, level conditions and and i want to emphasize this is not just social ostracization this is state sanction and um and and a a lot of that is why my family is here in the first place and and i say this as somebody who still has immense love for pakistan i mean it's it's you know the the country of my ancestors in that sense and you know it's it's your birth nation so you you certainly want to see the best uh come out of it. And the people of Pakistan, I have immense love for because you know, they're the people of Pakistan. You, you don't hate people. So that that's in a nutshell. We're also, um, Katie, the oldest uh, official American Muslim organization in the United States. Uh, we established our first chapter in 1920 in Chicago. So we're celebrating a hundred year anniversary here as well. Um, but that, that's in a nutshell, you know, kind of the the faith background. We're, you know, Really entrenched in humanitarian work, we run about six hundred secular schools around the world, about thirty or forty hospitals that provide free health care as well um, and and for us you know faith is really more about living your values in a way that you can serve those around you
0: yeah that's great um, and uh, yeah it's really interesting are there um, um, how big is the population in the united states
2: it's it's relatively small uh, only about twenty to twenty five thousand in the United States, um, worldwide, the best estimates is hard to get estimates because in many countries there's heavy persecution, but best estimates are, you know, 20 to 25 million worldwide. Uh, but but by comparison, pretty small
0: in the US. So does it change in the United States because you're, you know, it's interesting. I think, was I talking to, was I, was it you on the Karen Hunter show? I believe you were talking about this, like pan, this identity that's like basically because of ignorance or and or racism like there's this flattening of everyone as like
2: yeah i mean mu- it's not really people don't really see nuance right, right. i mean they, they, they couldn't tell you the difference between an amity or a sunni or a shia right. uh, or let alone like an arab christian or a hindu or a Sikh, right, right? it's kind of like all those even i you know i have a, a lot of close sikh friends and uh you probably remember the oak creek uh yeah. shooting of the sikh Gurdwara um that that extremist thought that he was killing Muslims. Right. And and so, I mean, like, totally the wrong religion, right? I mean, right. And not that that would make it okay. And Sikhs will, you know, no Sikh will say I'm not a Muslim because, you know, it's terrorism and it's wrong regardless. But there is, like, this idea that we're just a monolith and right. we right. represent all people who look, you know, not, you know, or who look brown, or, or or might be an immigrant. So right. it, it's a constant battle to address that. But again, that's that's just kind of where we are right now.
0: Right, and it's kind of I mean, it's horrible and ironic though, because these very distinctions are things like, as you pointed out, that cause major persecution, division, right. violence in those in other countries where they're from. Yeah. You know, yeah, like yeah. people killing each other over Hindu, uh, Hinduism versus Islam. And yeah. yet here, you wear, you know, if you're a Sikh, you get killed or attacked after 9-11.
2: Yeah. I um, mean, the first, the first act of terrorism after 9-11 against an American was a Sikh American killed right. by a famous who thought he was killing a Muslim. I mean, it's mm. the, you know, it's, it's really, really depressing.
0: Yeah. Um, so tell us uh, about uh, your campaign and how you got into that. Oh, first, tell us about the human rights work that you did as a lawyer
2: sure no and, and and this is probably one of work. i still continue to do that you know i i really my first real taste of it on a legal front uh because i've been doing community activism and community work for a while but on a legal front was with an organization here in virginia called the virginia poverty law center um it's a poverty law center it serves folks who can't uh, afford a full-fledged lawyer because lawyers are unfortunately extraordinarily expensive yeah. um, but they still need you know legal access Um, And so I worked with the Office of Domestic and Sexual Violence and and we specifically worked with women who were um, still pending in their uh, status as immigrants, maybe they hadn't received, um, you know, documented residency or they were awaiting a green card but suffering abuse and historically, if a woman was in that situation, then she was in a really tough situation, not only just because of the abuse, but also because of the fear of deportation, separation from family, from children. And so some really critical pieces of uh, legislation, bipartisan pieces like the Violence Against Women Act was designed to allow women to uh, self petition for documented residency. And so uh, I worked with supporting women uh, who were in that kind of a really, really difficult situation to help them get documented residency and away from an abusive situation. Um, and that's pro bono work that I do through this day. Um, I've also worked extensively with various nonprofit organizations on uh, everything from fundraising to policy to uh, just expanding access to children from lower income communities. Um, and then my, my, my personal favorite is an organization called Humanity First, which is international in scope, uh, where you know, we'll build anything from schools to hospitals to eye clinics um, around the world. And um, you know, one major project that uh, I, I really can't take much credit for because so many people did so much amazing work, but it's one that I am proud of is a hospital we built in Guatemala, state-of-the-art hospital. Um, and we picked Guatemala specifically because in Central America it has the highest maternal fatality rate, and oh, wow. so this is a, a place to uh, ensure that women are able to uh, not only uh, you know take care of their children but uh, give birth safely in a healthy manner, uh, you know, per, you know uh, support reproductive health, um, and, and do so in a, in a highly patriarchal society uh, by removing the barrier of access and cost. Um, so this is the kind of work that has really kind of driven me for a long time and it will continue to drive me for, uh, well, hopefully forever, as long as I can. Um, and it really informs my run for congress because again for me this is about transforming that advocacy I, you know knowing what these struggles are firsthand uh and knowing what the pressure points are um and therefore knowing how we can build better policy to alleviate those
3: pressure points
0: yeah um and what have you uh, encountered anything surprising for you about the campaign um how to reach people? I mean, that video was pretty yeah. inspiring, and I heard the end of the the chat that you were you were having with Jack, I believe, and you were talking about kind of, um, I think, like uh, winning, uh, meeting people where they're at. I yeah, believe. Yeah. How do you balance yeah. those things? And uh, because, as you guys said, we're all here, but then you know, you want to meet people where they're at. You want to convince. You want to persuade. Then some people don't. Who should be doing that for whom? I don't know. It's uh, a yeah.
2: it's an art definitely not a science um but i think you have to understand the science of human behavior and and you know one of the things that i i I don't like to do that you'll never see me do is you know like disparage um trump's uh looks or 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 disparage his his weight or things like that i mean i I just don't think that solves unlike nancy
0: pelosi who called
2: <laughs> right. I mean, you know, I, I just don't think that solves anything, and and so I'm trying to find ways where we can find common ground. And you know, I brought up broadband earlier, but it's a serious issue here, and and it's a it's a place of bipartisan support. Um, criminal justice reform is actually a place of, of bipartisan support here as well. Healthcare, environment. So I try to focus on those issues, and and help folks understand that. Look, you know, I'm I'm here. By choice uh, because I want to continue my advocacy, now, particularly in the rural parts of our district where folks are maybe have never met an American Muslim before. I, I, I share with them that, you know, I've spent the last decade as an attorney fighting for persecuted Christians, and I'll show them the work I've done, the, the articles I've written, the testimony I've given before the U.S. Commission on International Religious Freedom, uh, the fact that, the Trump State Department invited me to the Religious Freedom Ministerial to, to discuss these issues. Um, so, you know, yes, I'm, I'm running as a Democrat, but I'm not so partisan in my approach that um, that I don't, I don't give credit where due, right? or I won't work across the aisle on things that uh, we can find mutual benefit from. And so I think these kinds of, um, I don't like calling them data points because it's how I've lived my life. I think these kinds of experiential Uh, examples can show folks that uh, we really are fighting for the same things. We may have a few different strategies, but, you know, strategies we can debate. But sometimes there's this belief that we're trying to fight for different things. Uh, You know, we all want our children to be safe. We all want our uh, our families to have economic prosperity and small businesses to grow and thrive. Um, So if we agree on those things, let's find ways to be agreeable and get to that table and what i was saying to jack is that um the, 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 about the comment you made is i also accept that for a lot of folks they're tired of having to explain and re-explain and re-explain and they don't want to be the martyr and i i respect that and i i empathize with that and i can't knock them for that either um uh, you know i can share my perspective and what's worked for me but uh every person's at their own level and, and again you got to meet them where they are
0: so um what about um collateral education
2: can you talk about yeah. that concept yeah so so, so we, we did touch on it briefly oh, you did? It's,
0: okay.
2: it's, but, but just to recap because i think it's something that's really important to me is is at the end of the day um if somebody mistreats you or if somebody is is a, abrasive or aggressive to you um or in my case uh even you know the death threats that i've received um, my response to that person Will at the very minimum be a just response. It's not going to be uh, angry or vitriolic or, or hateful. It will be just and compassionate. Um, not necessarily because I think it will have an impact on that person, although it might. But because I know that there are many folks watching, uh, and they'll benefit from that collateral education. Right? They they will. They may not be the intended recipient of my response, but because they're observing, they're able to learn and improve. And I've seen this happen. I mean, even in this video that I, that, I, that you shared, I, I can't tell you how many Trump supporters reached out and said, you know, you've changed the way I view Muslims. I didn't realize that this is what your faith called upon you. And I'm gonna be more thoughtful about how I address these kinds of things in the, in, in the future. I, I had one young woman reach out to me and said, I'm a, I'm a conservative, I've been conservative my entire life. Um, and you know I disagree with you on policies, but just seeing the way you're responding compassionately, you have my vote and and for me that's I think the, the greatest testament that you you win people's hearts and minds with compassion and and again, it's not easy, and I don't want to make it sound like we're singing you know kumbaya and holding hands mm-hmm. but um, at the end of the day, I, I would rather err on the side of compassion.
0: Is there like an exercise you do to not get angry or triggered or <laughs>
2: <laughs> um not not necessarily an exercise but I, I do have a mindset and and that is that uh i i believe that when people know better they do better and um when when you know there was a time where i didn't know what somebody else doesn't know right now and um and there certainly was a time when i uh I could have done better had I I known better. I think we all are on that you know personal growth, that personal uh, progress. Um, but my trajectory, like my, my focus in life, isn't to win this election and then I have fulfilled my life pers- purpose. Mm-hmm. Uh, my the, the way I view life is um, I I want to solve world hunger. Um, I want to I want to solve poverty. Um, I want to ensure that no person ever has to go hungry again, or there's no homelessness left in the world. Um, and these sound like impossible ambitions, right? But, but when you think about the fact that it's not a scarcity of resources, it's not a lack of, of money or a lack of housing or a lack of food, right. it's just a lack of willpower, it's a lack of, of, of policy alignment, it's a lack of basic justice. Um, so when you know, somebody sends me something nastier or whatnot, it, it doesn't faze me because for me, my prerogative is there's gonna be one in eight families tonight that are gonna go to bed hungry in America right now, one in eight families. Um, me getting ticked off because somebody called me a, a racial slur is gonna do nothing for those one in eight families that aren't, mm. gonna, that aren't gonna have enough to eat. So that's what I focus on. That, that's exactly, and, and if the person sending me a racial slur is the one going hungry, I wanna be the first one to feed them and let them know that this food is not charity, it's not socialism, it's a human right that you deserve and I'll be the first one to provide that for you. So th- that's where I keep my focus. And it helps me stay calibrated, helps me stay aligned, and uh, and I can't I can't say enough about my wife Aisha, who keeps me aligned on these things as well. Because sometimes when I do vent, she's the one who reminds me just remember what we're fighting for and what we're trying to accomplish, and and that helps a lot too.
0: And what does she do? Uh,
2: a lot, <laughs> a lot more than me, that's for sure. Um, Aisha, she runs her own small business. Um, where she designs and sells uh, scarves, face masks, T-shirts. It's her own little, you know, uh, it's it's like a women's empowerment-focused small business that she adores. She also works on a lot of interfaith work uh, with different uh, synagogues, mosques, and churches. Um, And she's uh, a a climate activist as well. Um, And then when she's not doing that, she's also uh, taking the lead and being a responsible one, raising our three children. Um, and making sure that our house doesn't fall apart.
0: Nice. Um, So there are a bunch of questions um, that I thought we could uh, go over. Uh, But a few people have asked if you um, support UBI, uh, the war on um, the wars in the Middle East for now.
2: UBI, yes. In fact, I think we should be getting the Andrew Yang endorsement pretty soon as well. Um, Fun fact about UBI that a lot of folks don't know is in the 1970s, uh, America was a couple of votes shy of passing mm-hmm. UBI, and and Katie, do, do you know why it didn't pass? Because of a bogus study that said that if we have UBI, women will become independent and divorce their husbands, and wow. will have to <laughs> break apart. It's wild, right? This is a time where women can be wow. on their own without their husbands' approval. So right. uh, we don't have independent women, right? That's what a scary fact. Yeah. So yeah, I, I, and, and I think the studies that I've seen have consistently shown that far from making people lazy, it actually incentivizes people to start businesses more. It, uh, it grows the economy, it grows small business. So I, I'm, a, I'm a big fan. Um, yeah. The war on drugs, no, oh, we need to drink, decriminalize addiction, decriminalize marijuana, expunge those records, invest the tax revenue into black and brown communities that have historically been marginalized. And when we give business licenses, give them to the communities that have historically been harmed the most. Uh, wars in the Middle East, no, I, I opposed them when they started, I, I opposed them even more now after six trillion dollars spent, uh, you know, 8,000 U.S. soldiers killed and, you know, 150,000 civilians killed and complete instability and chaos and us being no safer than we were, in fact, probably less safe now than we were 20 years ago um, when, you know, when these wars started. Um, and again, I think, you know, as some of my work has been in international human rights law and you know, people say, well, what standard do we need to use? What laws should we implement? And, and I remind them, we don't need new laws. We already have laws on the books that say you don't invade a country preemptively. I mean, this is a violation of international law that we need to be cognizant of and never let happen again.
0: And yeah, someone points out uh, Milton Friedman was for uh, um, But there's also a scary side of UBI, right? Which is that if you don't have other social welfare... Um, things in place, um, UBI can be kind of dangerous and reactionary.
2: I, You know, my my view, and this is why I, I say, yes, I'm in support of UBI, but I, I want to see the model that works before I say that, yes, this is the model that I want. Um, I I don't I don't support a UBI that um, that eliminates other social welfare programs, right. um, because I think that kind of defeats the point of it. It's just it's trading one horse for another. I think right. one of the problems with our social welfare programs right now is they they don't necessarily facilitate upward mobility. Not because people are lazy, but because they don't account for the fact that it takes time to go into upward mobility, and that tr- transitionary period where you get past that barely you know above poverty threshold, suddenly all of it is cut out from underneath you, and you're in a worse position than you were earlier. So. Um, I'd want to see a model that allows you to have that social safety net, build with UBI, and then as you elevate out of poverty, you have a period of time to elevate your own income meaningfully before you're forced off of the social welfare programs.
0: Right, yeah. So uh, Wesley Weil says UBI must be tied to a jobs guarantee. Um, Medicare for all. Can't have a UBI without free health care. Um, Cannot be a trade. Um, you can do a. Uh, you can do a very regressive UBI. Another problem is paying for UBI through sales and use taxes, which then disproportionately hit poor populations. And some someone asked um, uh, about your specific.
2: Yeah, I mean, for our district, one uh, we already talked about broadband. Uh, mm-hmm. Establishing a broadband rule authority to make broadband a utility. So we're investing federal dollars directly into local municipalities instead of corporations uh, we talked about single paramedic care for all it's it's more affordable higher quality better access um, we uh, you know we support the green new deal uh, as an intersectional model that not only addresses climate change but also strengthens our economy by uh, you know establishing you know high-paying jobs uh criminal justice reform is massive and and it's something that i've been deeply involved in for a long time i support the george floyd justice in uh policing act um you know obviously raising the living wage to at least fifteen dollars an hour um making sure that people have you know access to these kinds of basic necessities um in life and and obviously if, if, if there's more specific questions folks have that on our website or they can shoot us a note uh and, and we'll be happy to respond
0: and what what do you think of, um i mean there were some there were a few people but not a lot of um um
2: uh, muslim speakers um which yeah I mean, if, if i if, if i if i can be critical on that front um given how the president kind of centered uh the muslim ban as his, his platform right. and one week into his campaign launched that and you know i, I was running triage at the airports with uh right. people coming in um, I would have liked for there to have been more representation. Uh, Mr. Uh, Gold Star Father, Khizr Khan, did, you know, represent Virginia in the roll call, which was kind of cool. But I, I would have liked to have seen a more active acknowledgement and rep- of Muslims being represented uh, in the conversation. I mean, there's three uh, Muslims who are uh, members of Congress. Uh, there are certainly many uh, American Muslims in, in media and in, in journalism and in sports that could have... Really been strong ambassadors. I, I think that was a miss, but I, I will give credit to, to Joe Biden in that. Um, in our conversations, uh, he has centered the American Muslim community. He spoke at the Engage event. Um, he's prioritized repealing the Muslim ban. Uh, you know, combating Islamophobia and religious discrimination. So, so that's encouraging. I've not seen any past president give that much or, or candidate give that much attention. Um, so, hopefully, it's a sign of, of more progress.
0: Um, anything else that you want to make sure that we talk about, that um, you feel like people should know about uh, the campaign, about what you're working on, how people can support the campaign?
2: Yeah, I mean, you know, we don't take any corporate PAC money whatsoever. My opponent has taken over $3 million in corporate PAC money. So, uh, if you want to send us a cup of coffee, 5 bucks, 10 bucks, whatever is in your capacity, you can go to our website. It's just my name, Kasim, uh, contribute volunteers is even bigger. Um, the more, th- the, the merrier, you know, we need to maximize our voter turnout. And I think that's really the key thing about this race. Um, the data shows that if we're able to match black, Hispanic, and Asian voter turnout um, with white voter turnout, then we're gonna win uh, because, uh, you know, historically there's been inconsistency and this is the power of having a representative government, having a representative, uh, you know, voting block of people who deeply care about these issues from a working family standpoint um i i have always said this is not an election about me it's really a referendum on the kind of country we want one that i believe is built on justice and compassion uh if we wanted to to succeed and and that's where i hope people get involved and and play
0: um well our next guest coming on. I thought you may want to say hi to each other because you're both from Virginia.
1: Oh yeah, it's Virginia night.
0: Yeah, it's Virginia night on the Katie Hopper
1: <laughs> show. So uh,
0: let's bring on to the chat Leslie Lee, also of Virginia. There Leslie is. Lee. Okay. Hey. Meet, hey. Meet um, Kasim Rashid running for Congress in District One. Is that your district, Leslie? Uh, no, but uh, Kasim, I I want to correct Katie because. You know, you know how these Yankees are, right? I'm actually from Louisiana. I just live in Virginia. Now. I mean, you know it's a, how these Yankees are. They don't differentiate between. Them. They think hey, the South I, is the South.
2: I, I gotta, I gotta defend Katie on this one. She, she's been nothing but a gracious host. So. I, I Katie on.
0: Yeah. What about that southern hospitality, Leslie? Yeah. So cool. much for that. No, you. I gotta blame. You gotta blame your friend Jack for that oh yeah i said that i said it was virginia night you said but, you were you ba- right you were based there right? he's sure, based, yeah. in, virginia. based
2: yeah. in virginia i
1: guess yeah, I'm, yeah. I, you're
0: right and i called you virginian um <laughs> but uh let's see i want to ask before um leaves um how uh, murphy asks how can we adapt traditional campaign strategies to our current circumstances COVID, lack of money in people's hands to contribute to campaigns and so forth
2: Look, uh, volunteering costs nothing, and you know we've got a whole campaign called Campaign from Your Couch. Send us an email; we'll get you set up. As long as you have internet access, you can play a meaningful, consequential role. And you know we've got um, an 84-year-old woman. I I'm going to show you this card she sent me. I don't know if you can read it or not, but 84-year-old woman sent me this card, and and she goes, "Dear Mr. Sheet, I would like to see you win the first VA congressional district. Please let me know how I can help beyond." A contribution sincerely joyce this this sweet old lady 84 years old sent me a 25 dollars check and now she's campaigning from her couch and helping us win so you know wow. it's not even about money for, for me you know if, if you can give me five bucks versus an hour of your time i'll take the hour of your time because it's far more valuable You give me 100 bucks versus the hour i'll take the hour of your time because that's what we need right and The single biggest reason people vote for somebody is because a friend tapped them on the shoulder and said hey this is the guy you got to vote for. Uh, so, Loved, you know, even, with a
0: gloved hand.
2: With a gloved hand, of course, uh, of course. Yeah. And so, uh, so yeah, that's a great question. But send us a note. Go to our website, drop us a, a line, and we'll get you set up.
0: Great. Well, thank yeah. you so. Oh, any dad jokes before you leave? Your dad uh, joke yeah. Maven.
2: Oh, plenty. So you know, uh, you, you know why cows make great high school teachers?
0: Why?
2: Because they're protein. One time I found what? an orange inside of another orange, it was my first vitamin C section.
1: Oh,
0: oh my god, wow. that's really funny. Wow. Okay, wait, wow. ready Um knock knock. Who's there? Interrupting cow.
2: Interrupting cow who moo. Well that's a right, <laughs> knock
0: what? knock. Who's oh wait, there? you go. Okay. So let me start again. Okay. Knock knock. Who's there? Control freak.
2: Control freak who?
0: Now you say control freak
2: who? Pretty good. Why do Norwegians uh, put barcodes on their ships?
0: Why do they put what? Barcodes on their ships? Yeah. I don't know why.
2: So they can Scandinavian. Oh, Oh, wow. That's (laughs) pretty good. Now that's pretty good. That's pretty good. That is really good,
0: yeah. That's uh, really
2: once good. One time I was, wow. I was driving uh, through construction and I got stuck between two medians, uh, but I started to laugh because I love comedians. Oh, <laughs> that's good. oh boy, that's really good. It, 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 it's like the one sanity I have when I tweet, that my team still lets me tweet.
0: So <laughs> yeah, you should start your 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 speeches off that way.
2: All right. yeah win him over yeah yeah some people might yeah. leave yeah. to be honest with you some <laughs> people might leave <laughs> my, my, my yeah. dad could definitely leave if I, if I did that but you know
0: yeah. um all right well thank you again so much and uh, everyone me. should follow Kasim. and really thank you and, and best of luck and your uh oh last thing tell us about your candidate uh sorry your opponent the oh. other candidate sorry okay. about that
2: So um, my my opponent's a guy named Rob Whitman, who um, is a career politician. He was first elected to office when I was four. Um, uh, So I'm 38 now. Um, He's been in Congress 13 years, hasn't passed a single bill on broadband, hasn't passed a single bill on healthcare, uh, voted against every bipartisan legislation you can imagine, George Floyd Justice and Policing Act, the um, uh, John Lewis Voting Rights Advancement Act, um, uh, tried to repeal the ACA over 40 times without a replacement. Um, oh, here is a particularly interesting fact about him. When he learned of the pandemic in February, uh, his first order of business wasn't to warn us. No, he bought himself pharmaceutical stock in COVID-19 treatment. Uh, and then, and then it gets better. And then he repeatedly emailed us, "Don't worry, it's low risk and not spreading uh, in our Commonwealth." Um, so this is this is the kind of person that he has shown us. He is. He voted against the uh, Delivering for America Act, which is supposed to protect the Postal Service, uh, which is a bipartisan bill. Twenty-six Republicans joined Democrats. a very strong bipartisan bill. Uh, come to find out, he's taken $10,000 in corporate donations from UPS and Fed. Wow. Wow. Um, <laughs> so that's who he is. That's who we're up against. And, and my whole pitch to folks is this is not even about Republican versus Democrat in this district. It's about fighting for working families versus fighting for billionaire corporations to become multi-billionaire corporations. And uh, wow. last fact, the Constitution says we the people, not we the corporations. So let's fight for we, we the people for once.
0: What's up with the Whitman name? Is he related to Meg or Christine Todd?
2: <laughs> I don't think so. I don't think yeah. so. But 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 given his uh, undying support for, for Trump, I, you know, he, he may as well be related to him. I mean, it's right. mind boggling on every conceivable policy. From caging children and separating families to the Muslim ban, all things that he condemned uh, previously, he's just kind of fallen locked up. And even, you know, Russian bounties on service members, he's just like, yeah, I'm not going to go against Trump on this one. So it's, 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 it's an enigma. I can't figure it out. I, I think he's just afraid of getting a Trump tweet. Um, that's the only thing I can think of. Oh, um, being thanked uh, by yeah. Yeah, but, but yeah. maybe what he actually believes, in which case it's even worse. But, you know, whatever the yeah. case, that, that's who I'm, I'm, I'm up against right now. All right.
0: Well, best of luck.
2: Well, thank you, Katie. Thank you, thank Jack. You. A pleasure to meet you all. Nice to talk to you. Katie. Thank you. Uh, hopefully, all fans will cross again soon. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Talk to definitely. You later.
2: Nice to meet you. All right. And guys.
0: thanks for your patience and apologies for the text. No, no, no. Oh, broadband, broadband. yeah. I it's you, no broadband. Broadband
2: Authority is a solution to that one. We'll make it happen.
0: Yeah, exactly.
2: <laughs> yeah. All right, guys. Take care.
0: Bye, Take Thanks, you, sticker. Leslie, welcome.
1: Yeah, how you doing?
2: I'm doing
0: good. How are you doing? I'm good. How are y'all? Good. Love good. the stash. Oh, thank you. <laughs> and to hear the rest of that chat with Leslie Lee and Jack Allison, please become Patreon supporters or go to Patreon. That's patreon.com slash the Katie Helper Show. Don't forget to get tickets to our live show on Thursday at 7 p.m. You can do that by going to Littlefield NYC. Half of the proceeds from this show will be going to the great organization Make the Road. This episode was edited by Dorsey Shaw. Our theme song is by the band Cordova.